This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Money. Everyone wants it. Until now, Monty Booster didn't have it. They tell me you're my only living relative. But he just made money the old-fashioned way. You have 30 days in which to spend 30 million bucks. He inherited it. If you can do it, you get 300 million. But if you fail, don't get deadly. Why can't I tell my friends? Because I don't want anybody to help me out. <laughs> He can't keep it unless he can spend it and have nothing left but the shirt on his back. Well, we're going to have a, a lot of fun with this kind of money. Jake, I'd like to hire you as my official photographer. Salary $10,000 a week. How would you like to be my personal driver for the next 30 days at $5,000 a week? What a country. America, I love it. Hey, everybody, anybody want to go to lunch? Everyone thinks he's crazy. I want to bet $50,000. It went up. The rate you're going, you'll have spent your entire inheritance in less than a month, and you'll have nothing to show for it. But $300 million says he's right on the money. Richard Pryor and John Candy. Like that old saying, you know, if I money, I'd be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Brewster's Millions, coming soon from Universal Pictures. All right, welcome back to Episode 6 of Season 2 of Matinee Baseball. I'm your host, Ted Flint. The World Series is going on which means we got about another week of baseball, which means this is our last baseball movie of the year before we transition to football. I know it was short. We only got six of them this year, but, you know, it's all right. Save us some for next year. As always, I am joined by Jake Voss and Sean Chantez-Festerman. Sean got disconnected. He'll be back soon, and we have a guest tonight, Andrew Downs. But before we get into that, everything here at the Tailgate Society is brought to you by Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce. Best goddamn barbecue sauce in central Iowa, in the Midwest, in the known universe. Find it on their website, deadipbq.com. At Hy-Vee and Fairway, they have amazing new uh, flavors in the superfood groups. And, of course, their, their originals, Magnum and Regular and Mango. And subscribe at the Tailgate Society on all of your platforms. I can't even list how many podcasts we have now. We have like six, and it would take too long. So, hey, subscribe. Check us out on the website, thetailgatesociety.com. We have a podcast tab. There's a podcast for everyone, like Old Man's Strength, Sports and Corks, Bitter Units, you know, Drunk Dialing. If you have a taste in podcasts, a bunch of amazing content by amazing people. So, yeah, that's the spill. This is, like I said, we're doing Brewster's Millions tonight. I'm excited. I always like picking movies that Sean and Jake haven't seen. And our boy, Andrew, I think he's signed in. Are you here, Andrew? Yeah, I'm here. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, D. Um, How's it going? Good. I thought maybe you lost there for a little bit. You weren't showing right up when the <laughs> things. I'm, but, I'm here. You hear me all right? Oh, yeah. You're good. So, as always, as long as Sean's internet's working, we always like leading it off. And since today is apparently Sean's Friday, it might be even more wilder. Sean, in 90 seconds or less, go ahead and spoil 1985's Brewster's Millions in case someone hasn't seen it. And they just like listening to this podcast because they like listening to our drunk baseball talk. So, Sean, go. All right. So um, it opens as you get to meet uh, – uh, boy, I forget his first name already. That's a good Monty. Um, yeah, you, you get to meet Monty Brewster. He's a minor league pitcher, um, you know, playing for what seems like the lowest level minor leagues that you can find. Um, but uh, he's 
pitcher and he uh he gets swept off he thinks he's getting swept off by a scout to uh maybe go pitch for the Mets uh, gets gets to New York finds out he had a great uncle pass away and he is the only family member left to inherit this what turns out to be a very large sum of money um and uh his great uncle set up the will that he had to take this challenge spend $30 million in 30 days, uh, basically to make him hate money. Um, and if he could accomplish it with no asset, finish it with no assets and basically, you know, almost nothing to show for it, more or less. Um, if he could do that, he would inherit the full $300 million inheritance. And if not, he gets absolutely nothing. And so he gives it a go. Um, and there's a, I guess kind of a little love story weirdly tied in there. I don't know. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, a little bit of swindling, a little bit of overspending, but uh, cheeky shenanigans slightly ensue. I feel like that's an <laughs> adequate, adequate uh, I don't know, description. So, Andrew, you said you liked this movie, and I find that weird because – this definitely came out before you were born. So how did you like, do you remember how you like found this movie? Like, yeah, was it just on TV or like, how did you come to love it? I guess. Yeah, it was, it was always on TV, like constantly when I was growing up. So I'm a little bit older than this movie, but I certainly didn't see it in theaters or anything, but like, I watched this movie like 50 times, not from start to finish, but usually from like midway to finish uh, when I was growing up. And so it's it's weird because I find it hard to be super objective. It was like so nostalgic to watch this movie again last night for the first time, you know, 15 years probably. Um, and it's like, I, I don't even know if it's a good movie, but I know that I like it. Like, I, I have seen this movie a lot. Like I was telling Jake before we started, like I've seen it a lot of times and I haven't sat down and watched it again in a while. But like, I feel like in my mind, I thought there was more shenanigans. Like he did more stuff to spend money. And I was kind of like surprised, like how little he did. Does that make sense? Like, I thought there was like more, I don't know, more schemes, I guess. Yeah. Like nothing really happens after the, after like you, you set up the the premise of the movie. I was thinking of this because I was like, okay, if they make me do the, the 90 second spoil the movie, (laughs) you know, it's like, yeah, you you do two, three, you know, third million, three hundred million thing, and it's like, and then he just kind of, you know, rides it out, tries to spend money. People try to make him money. Uh, you know, he ends up winning. It, you're right. Like, there's not a lot of there are a lot of scenes that you can like point to as, oh man, a lot happened there. So since Andrew and I have seen this a lot, like Jake, you had not seen this. Like, what what were your like initial? I thought I didn't I know a, a a damn thing about the movie. Honestly, I had I've somehow like. Maintain complete ignorance on like even who was in the movie, which I I find kind of fun. I found kind of fun to do with some of these movies when I haven't seen them, is I will not even like learn anything about them until like tonight when I sat down to watch the movie. And so like I I was like oh all right cool it's you know it's Richard Pryor John Candy like those guys are great um, from from what I've seen of them so this will be fun. Uh, and it was really enjoyable. I thought the the uh, it, I thought it was going to be interesting to see what kind of schemes or creative things that they came up with for him to somehow spend large sums of money 
but not actually um, gain any assets out of them uh, in the end. So it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, there were, like you said, there there probably weren't as many as you maybe remembered, but there were some some pretty good ones. So yeah, I I uh, I could definitely see uh, how you guys uh, had seen it a lot of uh, you know many times when it was on TV. I would absolutely have sat down and you know if I caught it on TV, sat down and watched it. So yeah, I have it. I have it going in the background right now. It's not like to refresh my memory. And like one of my favorite things at the whole damn movie is when he's like the first like uh, baseball scene when Candy says some sh- something like when he hits a foul ball and he's like, oh, foul ball, you're a piece of shit or something like or something <laughs> or something like, like and then like they somehow get these guys girls to the bar. Like I, I never understood like how that like worked. How do you, how does how do they pull that? What do you think I think pulled the opposing team's girlfriends to the bar? without them like did you guys like have questions about that logic or were you just like well whatever it's it's a richard Pryor movie now they're in a bar fight going on right now which i always want to be in a bar fight just once sean's probably been in a bar fight because he works in bar, yeah, bar yeah, fights it's, fun like this it's, no it's fun? not it's it is not uh it is not nearly as fun as it gets portrayed at times that is for sure some of the ones i got the pleasure of being a part of i wasn't even a part of you just get hit in the head sometimes Oh. And then they end up in that. That first at bat is like uh, that. That's one of my favorite movie at bats from a pitcher's perspective. I think it's like right up there with you know Ricky Vaughn or something, where (laughs) that guy takes him yard deep twice, but it's like inches foul. And then Brewster throws that you know looping pitch, that lob pitch, and strikes him. He like falls on striking out. A train comes through the outfield. In the middle of the but, bat. Yeah, he's like freaking out about the train, but it's their home field. So how does he like not <laughs> yeah, know? Right. He's like, what the hell is the train doing here? I'm like, what do you mean, what the hell is the train doing here? Like, it's there. Like, is there any you know, kind? Of, was there any kind of like trivia or like any kind of background to that, or was it literally just like, yeah, this place is so shitty they have a tr- train track? They said like in the park. 1930s and 40s, a few places had that, but like not not now. I did like how like they got put like okay. in a comically small like prison cell when they got arrested like the sucker's like two feet long wide like for him and candy but i don't know yeah they just that whole part was great and i felt like i should recognize the guy who's batting against him and i meant to look it up and i never did like the batter whatever he looked he looked familiar but i think it's hilarious this one 85 and i think i don't know when uh oh what's the other what's the costner movie with the bulls in it too I thought that was kind of stupid. Bull Durham. Had the Bulls as Bull Durham obviously has fucking Bull Durham in its name. Sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, that was hilarious. They each had the, they're each the Bulls, and I was like, I kind of wonder if like that was a just random or how that like that's where got Bull Durham from in '85. It was '87. It was '80. I don't know. It came out in the '80s. They came out really close to each other. So, but yeah, apparently Rick Moranis is in there somewhere, and I'm trying to figure out where he was at and bothering me a little he's, bit he's the uh there's that he comes and repeats everything that brewster says for like 30 seconds he shows up real quick he's like one of these guys who's trying to get it i'll repeat everything you say you know if you pay me okay. or whatever I, wow, I completely i remember <laughs> i remember the them there being an annoying guy that repeated it like was repeating him but i didn't maybe i was like looking away from the tv for that ten second, however long it was, because I did not realize it was Rick Moranis. 
would you guys, would you, what would you do if like you were in John Candy's shoes and your friend like won 30 million? I mean, I don't even know what 30 million now would be. I thought it'd be a lot more money. Yeah, I think that but. was part of the part of the fun of the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, 30 mil, like, it's a lot of money, right? But you could, uh, I feel like you could think of cr- pretty creative ways to do, blow that pretty easily nowadays. But like when when they're going through it and he does all the stuff and then like he <laughs> he accidentally like is making money or win, wins money or whatever like in the in the multiple ways. And it's like, oh, I'm back where I started. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah that, part, actually... that part's always a kick in teeth, right? Like, he's like 50 to 1 odds on all of them, you know? And he's like, you can't gamble he won, again. He won, the lo- he won the loyal he won the Loyola field hockey bet or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to joke about, like, betting random shit. So, like, good for him. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, we did bet Australian rules football there for a while, so. I've <laughs> definitely bet Russian ping pong at 2 in the morning before just because it was there. So like, I, I've done it. I've done it at one fifteen in the afternoon for just because it was starting, uh, which is worse. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Boredom does bad things. Like, anyways, like I do think it's kind of weird that like Walter Hill directed this, and he's like a notorious like action movie director. Like he directed Forty Eight Hours. He directed uh, uh, numerous westerns and other movies. Like. He literally said he just did it for the paycheck, more or less. He's like, I just needed, I just needed money. He like, he like, he's like, I hated every minute of it. I need money. Like he did 48 hours. He did the Long Riders, the Warriors. You know, a few of these things you probably have heard of. But like, it's just weird to me. Like he's a he's a notorious action director, like a hardcore action director of like blood and guts and radar things and. It's just weird that this is a movie he directed, I guess. So Yeah, there's no action in this. <laughs> One bar fight. Yeah, what the hell is, say, oh, the, that's true. The, 80s, the very 80s bar fight with the amazing effects and chair that basically breaks before it hits John Candy. and <laughs> Which apparently doesn't, doesn't isn't real, according to Sean. Chairs probably do hurt quite a bit. Oh, I have been hit with a bar stool. It is also not enjoyable. And <laughs> well, are you talking a metal bar stool? Cause, yeah, yeah, I, I took a metal a bar bit. stool to the face once. It was not oh, enjoyable nice. in any way, shape, or form. From a friend sound. who like, apparently was not in, uh, intending to hit me. But yeah, he <laughs> threw it right at my face. Maybe you just look familiar. All right. So can we talk about how hard it would have been to be the accountant in this movie? Yeah, the woman right. like how would you, how would you ever do that? Like, yeah, because you have to be exact. Like that's a, you can't just like fudge some numbers. And he's just screaming numbers out to everybody. All right, I pay you hundred thousand. You get two hundred thousand a week. And yeah, you're exactly. She has to have receipts for every single thing he spends a dime on. That was my thing about like the uh, about that is so it's one thing if you're going places that are are like classically especially then like conditioned to all right you pay and you get a receipt type of thing right but when he's just yelling like all right security guard you get you know four thousand a week and then get twenty other people underneath you and they get three thousand a week it's like. And then this person, I'm giving you this much money for this. How the hell did like she has to be like writing receipt, official like purchase statements for for all this shit or like does she have like a, a a picture memory or whatever it's called or like photographic memory like she 
remembers it. Like, or when he buys for the whole restaurant, right? He's like, all right, everyone here eats for free, drinks for free. Like, how could you ever track that, right? Do they just have one big bill? Like, <laughs> the restaurant just puts it all in one tab, I guess. I don't know. Like... And then if she's that good, how did she miss the the twenty thousand dollars at the end? Like she she certainly well, she would have known about that. She didn't because the twenty the twenty thousand came out for the deposit, and the thing was is he went and secretly got the twenty thousand back uh, and never gave it back to him. That's right. So yeah, he, her right. zero he has was he correct. He receipt in his hand. He has a receipt in his hand. Which yeah. Shout out to the dude from Seven of Heaven who's now like <laughs> a noted pedophile and living in Fairfield, Iowa. Holy so shit! That was is wait, really? is that real? Which part? Uh, oh, that part. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. I mean, I know he was on Seventh Heaven. The fair, I think all of it's real. Yeah. Like I recognized him, and it took me a while to figure out that he was the dad from Seventh Heaven. But the but yeah, I was more at he, the last. He part definitely of living. Was, in, well, I definitely know that TGS member Alex Duke can say he's living in Fairfield, Iowa, and I'm pretty sure he got some bad shit. Let's check out the old IMDb <laughs> trivia. I don't know if that would be in the IMDb trivia. Wikipedia page. Oh yeah, it, it's on his oh, Wikipedia. Oh yeah, yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> Oof. Big yikes! So, All right. Wow. The dad from Seven. How Seven. did you guys? How did you guys have like a pop culture like vacuum of not knowing that happened? It was like, in the middle <laughs> of everything else, I think. <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Alex said he's living in Fairfield now because he's in the Marishi stuff now or something. He was which... born in Des Moines. I didn't even know yeah, that. Apparently. I didn't know that either. Well, make sure you put oh, on the. Uh... <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> cool, well, awesome, yeah, fantastic. Anyways, um, <laughs> well, he's a jerk yeah. in this movie, anyway. Yeah, he's real. He's real, he's real yeah, fuck that guy. It's like you can still watch Kevin Spacey movies people... where he's the bad guy. Yeah, of all the people in this movie, I felt bad for uh, that dude's ex-wife who's just trying to like do good and like like make the apartment look nice or the hotel room. And he's just like, no, right. fuck it, <laughs> start over. Other than like, other than she had the one scene where she was like talking shit um, about Angela Drake when they when she, yeah. they were like looking down from the window. Yeah, she was she like, real cool. and all all you try all you trying to do is like make her better. And I was like, Jesus Christ, okay, yeah. Apparently, Angela Drake woman has been in a lot of stuff too, which I have no idea. I've never seen her before. So, but were you like, this is like, if think about this, like looking back now, this has John Candy and Richard Pryor. And I can't, like, this thing had to be a hit, but like, it's just weird, like, seeing John Candy not like in Great Outdoors or like movies that we all know him. Was, am I the only one that thought it was weird seeing him in this? Like, it just wasn't a role that you would normally see him in, as in. Or is that just. I mean, it's kind of weird that a dude that looks like John Candy was played a professional athlete. Yeah. <laughs> every time he Such got, like, I'm, a, thing. I'm, a, I'm a big dude, and like every time he, like he got down like in the catcher's position, I'm like, yeah, he's oh, a catcher his knees just things. have to hurt. Like, yeah, at least put him at first like, base or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I guess, but like all '80s movies have these dudes. Like the one of the dudes they got in the bar fight with, like the the white guy. It's it's like the typical. He's like a late '30s heavy set dude with a mustache. It's like all 80s movies had that guy as an athlete. And I guess real life had very, guys like that. That's very true. But, say, but also, yeah, yeah. if you think about the like classic, classic baseball players, it's probably not that far off. All right, so I said that, but now I'm looking at this, and he literally, the only movie he did before this was basically he did National Lapoons of Vacation, 
and something called going. Ber- I guess he was in Stripes in '81. We had the smallest role mm-hmm. in Stripes. Yeah, but like, it wasn't I always, like, think, I always remember him from Uncle Buck. So yeah, he hadn't done Buck yet. That's way up there. Spaceballs is '87. Yeah, Grand Outdoors '88. You know, like this broke him. Eight, <laughs> yeah, like it's just weird. Like it's just it's, yeah, but like yeah, every time I take a big dude like that, like doing this shit. Like, all right, all right. Speaking of this, I'm watching this part right now. You guys take the million dollars, which would probably be like what, probably five million now. Hell or do you guys, no. do you, or do you got you you try doing it? You try spinning thirty? Yes, I can figure out how to game the system enough to spend all that money. I uh, yeah, I feel like you at least got to attempt it because it is I, like it's. Worst case scenario, you go back to the life you were living, you know, an hour before the meeting. Um, yeah, I don't okay. know. The... Okay, so what ideas would you guys do then? Like, what, Mister? I would game the system. What would you do? <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of the things he did before he even started doing anything, I was like, well, can't you just do basically hire people and pay them like, like outrageous salaries for their services and stuff like didn't that. Didn't they say something like that? You couldn't do that, though? You had to pay them for their time or some shit? Like, they, they no, because that's what he was doing. Well, I mean, right. it, you're, the, I the security guard something. that was making $3,000 a week, that's not a that's not a proper wage for what he was doing, technically. Right. So. But I think it had to probably be within reason, it, right? But he, yeah, but then, yeah, he just throwing out numbers, you know, he's what, he paid the the cab driver, what was he going to pay him? Like five grand a week or something like that to be his but then, driver. But also nowadays you can go, there's so many uh, rental and lease services, like to go rent like a, a, a private jet and just fly around. You could blow a lot of money really quick doing stuff like that. Well, he, he, he rents the helicopters, right? And they're like, Oh, now you got to get on a bus. What do you mean you got to get on a bus? Well, the yeah. van can go yeah. over there. So, also, the $1.5 million stamp, or whatever the hell it was, was the most <laughs> genius thing to that ever That was an incredible move. Yeah. yeah, as soon as like the stamp came up, I was like, oh, he's just going to go like buy a bunch of stamps and mail this guy's shit or something. That's going to yeah. be great. Yeah, that's the thing. You could do like, that. Like, like he bought all that champagne things, at one time. But obviously devalues it. You right. Know, by you can consume it. Right. Yeah, so that, I don't know. It's... I. Honestly, I would think hard about just taking the million. You know, just like I think the hardest thing about it is not telling anybody. So, like, yeah, you're right. After a go back to normal life, you can succeed. But also, everybody you know would think you're absolutely insane. Yeah. And you would, right. you know, like you spent all you got thirty million dollars. You spent it all. What the hell? Like, and now you're just a dude again. Now you're coming back to work. But you can do I, it. I might just and, take the million. And the accountant lady's going to think you're crazy, but you're still going to end up with her because that's how the 80s work. <laughs> but yeah. I get the 300 million. I thought, I honestly thought they, uh, <laughs> towards the end, I thought they might make it a bigger deal, uh, like between, uh, like Spike and, and Brewster or something to, like, actually put real, real pressure there for him to tell him. Instead of just like they kind of had the thing towards the end, and then it was just like okay, yeah. whatever. Like there, there was the pressure of Angela Drake, like thinking is he's just this idiot, spending blowing all this money. But then beyond that, they didn't really actually leverage that a whole lot more, which I was I thought was going to happen. 
Yeah, they could yeah, have made I mean, it more emotional by, by doing that. But they also, I, I do think it's kind of cool that John Candy is just that dude who's like behind him no matter what. You know, broke or rich, friend. like he, yeah, he, he's with him all the time. God, yeah, and I mean, me. he has the little almost intervention thing where they bring in the financial advisor, yeah, or whatever, where he's like, hey, this guy made me money. Like we're gonna we're gonna set him up with you and uh, you know, and we're, we're gonna make sure you know you get money too and. Uh, yeah, but other than that, he's just like, hey, thanks for the money. We're going to live our best lives, man. <laughs> yeah, like, no shit. Like, so it bothered me the whole movie, and I couldn't figure out who the uh, the guy that's helping Brewster, the, like the uh, one that's watching over the whole thing, not the accountant, but the other dude, what he, movie he was from. And I just looked him up, and now I'm just pissed off that I couldn't figure it out. So the guy, not like the old white guys that are assholes, but the other old white dude that's like just kind of in the background the whole movie. Do you guys know what other movies he's from? <laughs> like... At all? Did you recognize? Did you recognize him? I have no idea. He looks familiar, but I don't know what from. He is Commissioner Gordon in the the Matt Diane. Oh, not whatever. Fucking Keaton Batman movies. Diane. Jesus Christ. Oh, you're right. (laughs) The Diane Keaton Batman movies. She'd make a. She'd make a good Batman. She's got salt chin. So and I still can't think of Michael Keaton. You're there right. He's, he's uh, Commissioner there. Gordon. You got Dang there. Tell me a little bit. Tears. So apparently he's the narrator in Land Before Time, like the the worst cartoon movie ever. That would just like, rip your heart out. So, but yeah. Oh. So did you guys like <laughs> the iceberg idea? The whole like we're just gonna drive an iceberg, which. Now sounds awful in 2020 with climate change. It was, what like, was it? They were going to go just get an iceberg and bring it back? Is that what, the, what it was? Gonna, I, don't, I don't remember specifically what it was. They're going to just drive an iceberg to Saudi Arabia or some shit, and then they're going to melt it for the farmers. Like like the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. They're oh, going to basically right. have it, dry, it in Africa. The dry so climate. Okay. Is it going to be essentially an irrigation system, more or less? Uh, yeah. It, I, only, it only loses 18% of its mass on the way there. Or some <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, and that's how it makes them yeah, it's a Yeah, it's a great idea in theory, I guess. And then the oil companies buy them out or some shit. All right. So in this movie... Brewster calls collect to the bullpen phone. Like, how? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I yeah, I don't feel like the uh, the stadium that has train tracks running through the outfield is wired to the outside world. Or unless it's not a bullpen phone, and it's just a phone that they have in the dugout, like <laughs> down the hall. <laughs> like, you know. The dude from Law and Order just is the manager. He is that's Law and Order dude, right? That's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, but all right, I probably should get this thing back on track. I'm watching him spend all this money, like giving all these people, like, like, like I think about like how lucky the, everyone that he gives money is. Like the, the cab driver, just just driving down the street, he's just there, right? The photographer is just there. Like the security guards are just that shit. Like, it's like winning the lotto, right? If, some, if that happened to you, right? You're just walking down the street and some rich asshole is like, I'm going to pay you to do nothing for a month, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's too bad you'd only get hired for a month. You probably think it's going to be longer than that. But uh, I, that's like, those are the best parts when 
Richard Pryor is just like so happy to be like giving this money away. That's when he's like giving the money away, his demeanor is just awesome. Yeah, that whole I think it's when he does originally hire the driver, like uh, you know, that crowd kind of starts forming and there's like, who is this? Who you know, and and they're just like, who wants to go to lunch? I'm buying lunch for everybody. Just you're in the middle of Manhattan on a you know crowded street. Just that's that's gonna be a decent chunk of change no matter where you go. And, you, and then yeah, he takes them to a, what a fancy five star restaurant and just buys wine and everything for everybody. I feel like you could get rid of a, mo- a lot of money just doing that. I feel like you could that's what, burn through. That's what I thought. I feel like, like less that than you think, alone. though. Yeah, but, like, what would that bill be? $100,000? Like, maybe more? Like, how much could you really spend at the nicest restaurant, you know, in, yeah, that's even thing. in New York? Um, We're talking that 30 million. Does that count for the 5% um, charity rule? Like, 5% gambling rule? Like, oh, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Like, Probably not, but, but if not, a, you could just throw a party every night. I, before I watched the movie this afternoon, um, but this morning, me and a couple guys at work actually even got talking about like when you have the money that you know Bryce Harper has on his contract, and that's the you know when you're making thirty million dollars a year, what on earth do you do with that much money? how on how would you spend that um and so then obviously watching this i got thinking about it yeah i feel like you just got to travel with a big group and just buy the nicest shit you can not not buy but like go to the nicest places you can find like i don't know i'm I'm sure there's a price tag on renting out a club in vegas for a weekend or something Well, I mean, there's plenty of good, there's plenty of good examples of people that I mean, thirty mil a year, whatever. Yeah, I mean, even if you say he's getting half that, what uh, you know, that's a lot of money, and he's probably not going to go broke. But there are examples of people that make a whole lot of money that end up going broke. So you can do yeah. it. It's, yeah, but they can but buy yeah, things. You know, that's that's one of the hard things well, to be like. I could buy houses and cars and blow thirty million dollars real quick, but oh, right. not if I couldn't own anything. And I then you got to think this, this is. No, go ahead. I didn't figure out. I figure out. I can figure out the suit thing. Was he just renting those suits? Like he bought those suits. Did he say that? Like, could he like them measured in his shape? I couldn't figure out yeah, how he got them. Kind of, I mean, they were tailored. <laughs> he didn't. It's, he didn't say that originally, but at the end, it was like the, the all this is ours, and then he says something about. They say something about leasing or renting, which I didn't really yeah. know would be a, could be a thing, but. I mean, it's like going to Skeffington's and for it over the weekend and, you know, for a wedding, but he just did it for a month, I guess, with every suit these guys had. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting way to, to spend that money for sure. Um, And can we talk about that? He starts a political campaign that's like a (laughs) not political campaign and spends a bunch of money. That was fucking brilliant. Yeah, that was. The old Bloomberg route, just gonna just gonna blow a shit ton of money and not do shit about it, like, <laughs> and it, and it almost cost him. I didn't understand why it almost cost him because like he's saying not to vote for anybody. So would those votes account for him? I, I didn't understand that. Well, shit. Well, like, I think what what would have what what they were 
talking about potentially happening was, yeah, he started this campaign as none of the above, but he was actually as charismatic as he was and some of the stuff he was saying. If he stayed in technically in the race, people were going to like go vote for him. Yeah, if he was on right. the ballot, people would have voted for him. Yeah. He's not Especially a when you see people like, like what the, the other politicians, like even in the election <laughs> that he's not in, they got like 2% of the vote each and they had to do a special election. I missed that part. I must have like, and then, they, and, they, and they just gave out there. I, I, I don't know what. Like, I was, I was really tired when I watched this movie. Like, I, I've seen it so many times. Like, I started doing the thing where, like, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna close my eyes and listen to it. I know it's happening. It'll be fine. And then, I, like, I'm like, oh, I might have just missed five minutes of that. That's cool. I'm okay. We're gonna, I, we're gonna make it. So, did you guys think that they were gonna beat the Yankees, Jake and Sean? Since you had never seen this, like, did you think he was gonna, like. Beat, beat the Yankees in that three inning thing. I kind of thought like maybe it would have like some little strong start where like he, you know, maybe strikes out the first inning and then like what they show they show like one home run getting hit off him I think. Uh, but I I thought maybe it just turned into like he just gets shelled and, and you know it's just which it, more or less it does. Come, oh yeah, you know, it's just baseball is maybe not my thing anymore, you know? Uh, but I guess I didn't ever anticipate that they were actually going to beat the Yankees. But I can, I can definitely see where you would, you know, where your mind can jump that way. Yeah. I don't know if I ever thought that they would beat them. I thought maybe it would be like a very last second, um, uh, loss or they'd be up in the third and lose or something i but yeah i i didn't really i didn't really think that was going to be like a, oh yeah we beat the yankees and just every single thing in the movie was going to go good or something but i did i did like the part where in uh he's going to set one dude in the yankees and he says some shit like he's like all talking nice he's like oh i saw your wife in the stands in that game and then the next guy comes up and he's like, yeah, but yeah, what about his wife? <laughs> yeah, she's an ugly bitch. And just smash <laughs> yeah, he says some shit like, you don't want to talk about my wife, are you? Well, no, no. Don't you agree? The other one? Like, oh, yeah. And then he like crushes the ball over the home run or some shit. Like, yeah, that part, that part is great. Like, all the baseball scenes in this movie are really funny. Like, him. Kenny talking to the, to the batters is like part of my it's part of my favorite part. Yeah, this is like movie. one of the movies that that set that expectation for me that like all catchers are these like brilliant shit talkers and just do it constantly like this and Sandlot and you know it's like these major league is to, to some extent like I wonder if especially anymore like are catchers just sitting there talking junk about guys' wives and how bad they're hitting and or yeah you know, I mean. Does that imagine, exist? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could. I'm sure maybe somewhere it does, but like, can you imagine how hard it would have been in the 80s to like do this to talk about like? And I understand. Well, in you know, the 80s, I think it'd been easier because in the 80s, dudes were more dicks. Like, I'm sorry, like it's like right. athletes in the 80s are just more were more pricks to each other. Like now, like a lot of these athletes have like a mutual respect for each other, so they're not going to grow the work in the 80s. Like even like in, like watching like the NBA when like people just beat the shit out of each other, like. I can see that happening now. Like, like who's a, who's a prominent catcher now? I mean, P- Posey for the Giants. You're you're a Giants fan, Andrew. You think, you think Posey's a shit talker? 
Like, do you, no, do you see that? No, I don't. No, I bet he's asking how their wife and kids are. He probably knows them by name. Posey's like no, the but, nicest dude in baseball. But like, but like Yadi Molina or Wilson Contreras. Like, you think those guys are like chirping at the some of the batters that come up? I, I, mean, I doubt I it, know. right? Well, so so I think they would. This is, and I thought about this in this movie too. I think they would, but like I don't think you would be allowed to. I don't think the home plate umps are gonna let you like talk shit to the batters. So I don't think it probably happens. When you never yeah, see a batter not. like turn to a catcher and like you know turn yeah. on him, try to punch him or anything. Pretty if, much any. Go ahead. If they're saying stuff like that, that's gonna happen at some point. Right. Yeah. I don't especially during an at bat and especially now with, you know, you've got mics all around the field and players mic'd up and stuff like that. Like I feel like some of that stuff would be out there if it was happening anymore. Um I, w- I want it to happen, but I just it'd be I don't interesting. Think it yeah, could. because now you know, now we live in a world where like if they're if a catcher really wanted to, like you could do so. You could go back and through the power of the internet, <laughs> dig up family history and stuff like that to get under. Like, I liked, I, I liked your girlfriend's Instagram photo last night. Yeah, <laughs> but just yeah, just be that that passive little offhand dick comment here and there to just just get under their skin. What's I, up with your fiance's OnlyFans page? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, like it's just. Yes, yeah, sorry, Sean. I'm a little slurry. I I just just saying like all the awful like things on social media you could do now with that shit. Like, no, yeah, I just don't just, see it because like everyone's mic'd up now, right? Like, yeah, like, there's so much there's so much attention on everybody. Like, it's you can get anything. There's you know live mics, hot mics, with you know all over the place anymore. This year, like this year of anything, unless you made a conscious decision, you couldn't be a catcher talking shit in an empty stadium. Like that's gonna get picked. You up. know what I want? Speaking of empty stadiums, <laughs> which would be I hilarious. want to know what it sounds like. I wish that would happen. I the other day I was watching the NFL game. I want to know what it sounds like in an empty stadium with the pumped-in crowd noise. Do you guys want to know what it sounds like? Because they can hear sound there, right? They're pumping in crowd noise for the players, right? Wrong. I mean, I think Iowa some State, places are. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't so, know. Well, not Iowa is. State, but like the NFL teams are empty. Didn't they say they could pl- like play noises and shit? Like, yeah, yeah. They, they were allowed. Yeah, to. They like could. I, I, like you can, you just play it. It, it sounds like just, I don't know, just like white crowd, like white noise, but it's a crowd yeah. noise from a stadium. It's not. Because that's everybody like the NFL and everything. They put restrictions on like how loud you're allowed to make those noises. Like Seventy decibels or something. Right. It was not that loud. Which I think they was like you know a lawnmower or something like that. It's um, actually pretty loud, isn't it? They said it was pretty loud. I don't know. That's what I was asking. Like um, how loud is it? I don't know. Dan Mullen said when they lost the other week, it was because of crowd noise. So he wanted 90,000 people in the swamp and then he got COVID. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I, yeah, I I could like spend all night talking about how Andrew's probably like already has his nut cup in for when the base football game gets canceled in two days. Like, welcome to that world, buddy. Oh, I was a fan of that shit going for months now. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm worried about that. 
Friday at 1.30 is about the time the tests come out. That's that's your that's your window. You got to get there. Once you get past that, you're good. But until then, you just got to wait. And now you're you're playing Purdue. The coach is sick. Like yeah, I, man. That's sure. crazy. It's it's wild that. Uh, yeah, you wonder like what are their tests going to look like in the next couple of days. Yeah, sorry, this is a rabbit hole, but I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> do you, AD, do you know, as far as the Big Ten, so, like, what the Big 12 has been doing is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I believe, three times a week. Is the Big Ten requiring, like, a Saturday morning testing session for players yeah, and stuff? That's a good question. I would assume so because they're doing daily testing. Yeah, so they, that's what they I – they test every day. So I, I would assume they do it, although I don't know how quickly they're getting these results or – Oh, um, true. yeah. So, I mean, I guess you probably go off the Friday test for, you know, if you play at 11 a.m. Saturday, I think but... that's probably the most realistic, but yeah. I know if they were like somehow trying to like Good have question. like a Saturday morning round of testing, like really quickly to check first or not, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's realistic. Sorry. That was, just, we're, that we're, we're putting head. terrible like, thoughts into his head. Now I'm now just like, can they cancel I know. Saturday morning? Now it's like I'm hearing that they win. I just, I just want. Can you imagine just a football game getting canceled the way that, whatever it was, the NBA game that kind of kicked everything off? A doctor just sprinting onto the field in like the first quarter, and just going, (laughs) "Hey, we can't play." We know where you're at in the movie. Yeah, he just Sorry. stands behind him and repeats everything for, like, 45 seconds. It doesn't even look like him. He looks, like, so ugly. It's weird. Like, Yeah, because I mean, when, still... when would Ghostbusters have been? 82, right? Was it Ghostbusters 82? Like, 84, so this is after 84. Ghostbusters. Yeah. I like how Rick Moranis just, like, took all his money and, like, his wife got sick, and he's just like, I'm done making movies. I'm just going to fucking Yeah, eat. I'm going to actually take care of my family. Yeah. And just be like, cause he had all the money in the world. So, anyways, I'm looking up. I'm looking up the movie right now. Did you guys know it was based on a play? Did you guys look at that trivia? Really? No. No. no sorry, it's probably based on a book. What year did the book come out that this movie is based on? Ooh. If you look at the trivia, you can't answer this question. The honor it's system. It's gotta thing. be. I feel like pretty early because I searched it on Amazon. The first two, I kind of got caught up, and I'm just like, oh, no. I assume we're watching this Richard Pryor one, but there was one that was made in, like, 1957 or something like that. So it's got to be I bet this book was in, like, the 1800s, and it was like, can you spend $1,000 to win $10,000? Can you spend $10 for $100? I was going to guess 60, 1960. All right. 1902. Holy so, shit. Wow. how much money did, did Brewster, the name was the same, that makes sense. How much money do you think he had to spend in the book to get the inheritance? In 1902? The, the money and he, the, uh, the time limit. The time limit is also think, different. Like, like 85, the the 300 million is probably like a billion that he's going to win, right? And so like 30, it's probably about a third of value from what it is today. So then you go all the way back to 1902. I mean, a million sounds like too much. Yeah, it's it's like 2.4, 2.5 uh, from 85 to today. <laughs> so yeah, it's like he's he has to spend like basically has to spend 80 million dollars. I mean, uh, what's the equivalent of that in 1902? A million? <laughs> 
That feels like a lot. I feel like that's too. I feel like it's got to be like may maybe a half million, five hundred thousand. Yeah, right. Uh, spoilers: It's twelve point five. So, <laughs> so it's twelve. Divide that by everything by twelve and a half. Okay. I'll say he has, to spend a, he has to spend a million to get ten million in the book. That's my guess. Okay, well, you're right. It's a million, and he has one year to do it, and he'll win seven million. So <laughs> okay, he <laughs> those numbers are fairly close though. In your ten to yeah, one, seven to one, you got a year. He tries losing of... money through stock stocks and roulette. This proves to increase his funds rather than decrease them. Those large parties charge a cruise lasting several months to Europe and Egypt. If his large circle of friends and employees, that'd be fun as shit. Um, he he uses funds to bail out a bank to save his landlady landlady's account. <laughs> At one board, he jumps off the ship to save a drowning sailor. Okay. His, made him like would-be a wife, his would-be wife turns him down for marriage, believing him to be financially irresponsible and bound for a life of poverty. His attempts to win her back fail repeatedly. Um, See, that's the type the of end, drama from like the money spending that I'm talking about. At the end of the year, he succeeds in spending the $1 million, which he meticulously documents and confesses his love to another woman, Peggy Gray who has been sympathetic to his lifestyle despite <laughs> knowing nothing about his challenges. But wait, tragedy strikes before the deadline as his lawyers inform him that the executor of his uncle's will has vanished after liquidating all the money. <laughs> Brewster convinces himself that he is doomed to poverty and marries Peggy Gray, who, mar- who, who accepts this despite him being poor. Shortly after the wedding, the executor of the will of his uncle's arrives to inform him he successfully met the challenge and he'll win the seven million dollars back. There you go. That is some <laughs> twist. Wild. That, that is much more twist. Nineteen oh two? That's that's crazy. And it like, was Brewster too. I man, man it's just crazy the names didn't change or anything. Montgomery yeah. So there we go. Um, yeah, let's see if this guy wrote anything else to the shit. Anyways, all right, this movie was made. This it's movie probably made time million for dollars. a remake of this movie. I thought about that. You think? All right, that's a good question. Would you remake this movie or reboot this movie? You can't really reboot it because everyone's dead. Like, is there anyone in this movie that's still alive? Is the guy no. from Law and Order even still alive? He's dead, right? Rick Moranis, apparently. We have Stephen Collins <laughs> in it. <laughs> Dad yeah. from Seventh Heaven. You can film in Fairfield. He's free. <laughs> All right, so say we uh, remake this movie. Who do you cast in these roles? I mean, is it too simple to say Jonah Hill is John Candy? Is that like cheating? <laughs> I mean, Donald Glover's playing Brewster, right? Oh, that'd be good. I was thinking Kevin Hart, but that'd be a little wackier. You could just oh, do yeah. the dude. You could get away with some fun shenanigans that way, though. I think like his when he his loud yelly voice, the high pitched yelly does would be fun giving away money. Donald Glover would be interesting though. He that'd that'd probably have a little more like depth to it. 
it'd be there'd be a little more like depression in the middle where he realizes like money isn't everything and who yeah, we get like, this is probably I mean, like this, this is a this is a rock and Kevin Hart movie. The Rock is Brewster. Kevin Hart <laughs> not baseball. Like there's just there's, there's a different occupation, but like it's like oh we're just gonna package those two together and it'll make 150 million just for being there. Like I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's it it for sure would make a ton of money, and yeah, I would I would watch it. Um, but it's it's weirdly at this point in the world. It, it's that's a uh, that's a tag team that that works very well together, <laughs> whether you like it or not, more or less. So I think I saw the CIA um, movie that they were in together. I think I I laughed a few times. Yeah, it wasn't it was great, called. but I didn't hate watching it. So, <laughs> I love how they gave these uniforms to this team, like these like slick blue jerseys that look uncomfortable as shit that are like pure 80s, like the uh, the new the new Bulls sh- shirts, like they're like bright blue. But like, I don't think you could remake this movie though. Like, I mean, all right, I have a question. Why not? Is the is the girl that's well, I think in it the was room? On IMDb. I think there's like eight different versions of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Like, you time. very much can remake this. Let's prove it that. right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, They were 10, probably overdue 11, for 12, it. 12, 14 movies, 14 adaptations of this for plays. For, at least they're all Jeez. films. Shit. 1914, 1921, 1926, 1935, 1945, 1954, 61, 85. I don't know what the fuck T-E-L-U-G-U movie means. Uh, Toluga? <laughs> that is a, a Dravidian language spoken by the Toluga people. Well, that tracks. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Whatever you say. So, uh... Apparently it's very apparent. Lots of uh, overseas remakes, but like, yeah, the Chinese face. Nah, Chinese I winner. think you could absolutely, especially if you, if you spend some money on it. Like, I, I think it would be a great remake. But well, you wouldn't have to be a baseball player. You could do like just a plot and just move it around, right? It could be anything. How, how much money would it? It'd, be, it'd have to be a, what, like a hundred million to win a billion now. Uh, I mean, probably. I think there's like we touched on earlier there's a lot there's a lot of ways to I think more ways to blow a large amount of money more than just like two and a half times yeah, that amount of money. Yeah, you have to change so. some rules like no internet. Like you know, you can't just I don't know what that would be, but I think there's for sure some probably some technological considerations that would have to go into the rules. I think that's For sure. Better, but I, I just produce a movie. It would be a lot of fun. Well, that I guess you make money. Yeah, right. Producer, right? So you couldn't just produce. Well, you and could so shut it, the movie down at the end, like say a you, political you could, campaign. You could make a movie and put it out there for free, like pay a bunch of money and then put it out yeah. for free, right? Or just yeah, never put it out. I mean, he could have done that too, but that's a that's a good idea. Oh my god! So apparently, the review for Variety hated it. It's hard to believe a comedy starring <laughs> Richard Pryor and John Candy is no funnier than this. Oof. A yeah, screwball I, comedy minus the screws. I watched Siskel and Ebert. They had like a like a five minute review of this, and it was basically that same thing. Like, ah, hey, you thought this would be funnier. It's not, you know, it's not terrible, but should have been better. I think, which I think, all right. So at the time, though, that's probably fair. 
I mean, you you bring in Candy and Pryor, and you like thinking of what it's going to be. And I thought it was a good movie, and it had moments in it, obviously, that made me laugh and were, you know, I enjoyed it. But it definitely wasn't like a constant, just like this movie's freaking hilarious type of thing. Yeah, it's a it's a fun movie for sure. Like I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of the, I don't know, you know, the comedy aspect, I guess, isn't necessarily there. Um, well, I think especially if you, you know, like there's think a of few... Richard Pryor. You know, right. It's like, this is yeah, the, I'm, I'm looking... This is like how I thought of Richard Pryor for a long time because I watched this movie so much growing up and I never saw his stand-up or anything. <laughs> and this is nothing like his stand-up persona or like really? how he seemed to be in real life. Yeah. Well, even that, like, uh, I'm looking at right now, like, I, I guess I always, like, confuse, like, what decade he was popular in. And I never realized that, like, Silver Streak was 76, you know, Stir Crazy's 80, all the ones with uh, Gene Wilder and shit. And yeah, I w- this one, 85. I like, so this is, like, his, like, he was, like, at the end of his career, I guess. Yeah, that's back-end stuff. Yeah, because I, I knew that, like, he was super popular, but I don't, I haven't seen or watched a lot of his stuff. I, I, I've seen enough to know know who he is and that he's funny as hell and whatever but yeah i look back through his imdb because i kind of figured that's how it was and yeah it's like all through the 70s and then up to this point and then it starts like slowing down it's kind of towards the end of his like super popular doing everything whatever run i'm not gonna lie i got a, a good dose of anxiety to watching it for the first time i'm just like man i really hate this whole fucking just throwing money left and right and just trying to be <laughs> broke thing. Just, dude, not right now. It's, you know, it's, I'm a, I understand it's 1985. You're Richard Pryor in a movie and you don't understand I'm in 2020 in a pandemic, but I'm really trying to not be broke right now. All right. So like, yeah, I, I was just talking to someone this the other day, like talking about like it is 2020 and we are in a fucking pandemic. Like, every time, like, there's a crowd scene in a movie, this has a few of them. Does it, like, bother you guys? Like, when you, like, you see, like, a, and you're just like, why is all those people so close to each other? Like, yeah, I, just, I think you you mentioned this in the uh, the Mr. Baseball podcast you guys did, where, like, every time you <laughs> oh saw that God. Japanese baseball crowd, it was like, ah, oh, I just want to be in a crowd of people again. I just want to be at, like, a sporting event where I can you know, yeah. celebrate with every, even if it's a crappy hack and sack bulls game where a train comes through the outfield, like at least we're having a beer and like celebrating. Yeah. I, I killed the Japanese stadium. Those things look fun as shit in that movie. I would love to be back there in the mid nineties, but like, yeah, like it's just all the crowds, you know, like bar scenes, like to me, it's a bar scene. Like, it's just like, there's a hundred, hundred people in that bar and they're on top of each None other. Of them have a mask on. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, which, uh, uh Man, that's a me no, thing. I, was, Sorry. I watched even a video today. I somebody retweeted it. It was Barry Bonds hitting a home run in Yankee Stadium in like '98 or something like that. So there's seventy thousand people in Yankee Stadium, and I got nervous. <laughs> and I'm just like, this was 24 years ago. Like, obviously, it doesn't matter, but like, it's it's for sure in my brain at this point. And now it's. I, I'm going to be weary for a bit, and then yeah. Yeah, the the time is going to come where it's just, yeah, finally getting back to that. I, it's, 
that will feel so great that first day. So yeah, Jake's the only one here. It's been like Jake has gone to the Iowa State games, and he, uh-huh. he's like, like how how weird is that? Like, is that so weird? yeah, that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Is like I think a little bit of the maybe the shock of like seeing some scenes uh, kind of went away with going because I've been to two games, uh, two games now, and. It's it's really weird, man. So not all not like so it's really weird for a lot of reasons. So like at the games, uh, like I drive there and park, like get out of my car, put my mask on, walk from vet med to the stadium, go in, like don't be around anybody, sit away, like everybody sits away from everybody. But then you're like in the stadium with like you know a quarter of the normal number of people, and like you're watching the game live, but the energy is different. It, it's it is different, um, but it's also I don't know. It was also really nice and kind of the same. It's I don't know. It's pretty hard to describe, but it's it, it's like it's, it's a slice of feeling normal, right? In the like, in the like, I was gonna ask you, like how different it was because the first game you went to was the Oklahoma game and it was a big game, and then the next yes. one was the last game. Who, who I'm blanking on who we beat? Who did the we beat? Tech game. Yeah, was it like hot? Like. Like was it worse like with the mask on in the sun like did that like I, I thought that like felt like it'd be like worse it'd be sweaty. Uh yeah it it was it was uh, it was definitely worse when it was you know seventy whatever upper seventies and sunny, but it wasn't like unbearable. It would have been it would have been bad like I can't imagine someone that's gone to a sporting event um and been mandated mandated to wear a mask and it's like ninety degrees outside. Uh that would be really like. That would be pretty bad. I mean, obviously, it's not going to kill you or whatever, but it would be really fucking hot. Yeah, I mean, I I work in the restaurant all day where I have to wear a mask all day, you know, and it's air conditioned. It has been air conditioned all summer, stuff like that. And that's just your breath is hot, man. It doesn't it doesn't go away. And when you breathe that back on you, if you would have done that over the summer in August, stuff like that, it just miserable absolutely miserable um i just want to like i just want to like, be like in a crowd of people high-fiving and like not worrying about shit and it sucks because we're like years yeah. away from it it seems like so that's, yeah, like, that's, that's going to happen again so that's the difference so that's part of the difference in, in like what what i did when i went to the like going to the football games that i've went to is that is like you talk about that like i was it what it's not that Right, so that's part of the weirdness of it. Right. All right. So back to Brewster's millions. Um, it's been about an hour. Do you have? Any, I always ask Jake and Sean if they have anything in their notepad. How's your How's your notes looking on this movie? Tez, you go first. I I had literally one note for this entire movie. <laughs> um, and oh, sorry, I did have two. Um. The first one is that, granted, I understand money talks, but he just hired an entire bank security staff in four minutes, and they all just walked out. That's your issue? He also Um, pays the fucking, the dude at the hotel who's the front door guy, a hundred grand to get rooms. Like, does that guy have that fucking power? Yeah, that's fine, but he's not the guy. That's in charge of bank security. Like somebody should have just ran in right after that and robbed that bank. There's nobody <laughs> there. 
Also, like, what are those dudes going to do for an income in 31 days? Like, <laughs> right. he, he hires all these people bank. for a month, right, and they all just quit their jobs, and it's like, yeah, great, they they made $40,000, yeah, but they they lost their job. You only made 20. The main guy makes 20, gets five grand a week, and the other guy gets three. Yeah, so, so it's like... Few, 12 I mean, grand. Those guys, I assume, quit their jobs assuming that this rich-ass dude is going to pay them for a couple years. And then it's just a month later, he's like, oh, sorry, broke. Peace. Yeah, that that was something I didn't – that was something I didn't write down, but I had that thought in my head that there are there are several people in this movie that probably at least had some anxiety and stress afterwards about what the hell do I do now because <laughs> – yeah, I right, made like maybe a year's worth, like a year's salary or a half year's salary or whatever in this month. But I also I guess, like walked out on a job and have to find another one. So I guess maybe you can extrapolate it to the point of once he gets the full inheritance, if you know, chooses to live a lavish lifestyle, he can keep these guys on payroll. Um, but he but can't yeah, live. He can't live a lifestyle where he's spending thirty million dollars a month, right? right? Like right, he's, he's not going to live at the, the plaza anymore. He's going to buy a house. He's he's going to become a conservative rich dude. That's what apparently he's going to marry a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah right. Marry. He's not keeping twenty security guys on his payroll. He doesn't have to walk around with three hundred million cash. Right, and the, yeah, and that that uh, that salary takes a pay cut. Granted, they're probably still getting paid all right. Um, and the only other note I had was, uh, I don't, man, I don't remember who it is that like walks out of the penthouse or whatever. And he turns and he does that beef breaking the fourth wall thing. And he's just talk about an asshole. And then <laughs> there just, you go. like keeps going on. <laughs> that I was that weird. One marked down too. I, I enjoy when movies break the fourth wall. So. <laughs> also like a low key, like really funny spot. I just watched it on the TV. Uh, was when that dude somehow hits the car with him and Angela Drake in it. And he's like, oh, I should pay you. Like, I'm Bruce or Million. I bet you're hurt. I'm I'm already Bruce. And then the guy's like, yeah. oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I bet you have a kid or what? He's like, and he like holds up two fingers, like, two ex-wives. Two ex-wives? Oh, yes, we have to give you, like, 300 grand. Like, you know, like, like that shit just This man's going to be up. paralyzed for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was the quote that I wrote down from it. But, yeah. I don't know if was like that guy in particular or if it was supposed to be like a little prop piece or something but like he had what looked like a tiny fresh cut over his eyebrow or something like that yeah yeah because he got he hit the guy. but it seemed like it seemed like like in real time in the movie like he hit him at like three miles an hour um because it is what he says his car was in it was left in first gear so when it, it jolted forward like you're not going to roast your head on the steering wheel in that scenario but but I, apparently I, he I, assumed that he hit him on, I assumed he hit him on purpose that was just me like I assumed he like recognized him and he hit him but like that's just me being seen too much into it but like that should just crack me up oh yeah I got two XYs like, we gotta help me out here you know like that dude won the yeah. fucking lottery it gives him like 300k yeah. right it's a big fucking number Oh yeah, and he writes it on yeah, a check. It's a large Real quick, of money. right? Like, like I can imagine like how like long it would take me to write out three hundred thousand dollars on a check. Sure as shit, not that quick. Like without like writing it on top of the car. Like he writes it in his hand 
holding a checkbook. Like we were like, all right, are we 10 years away from like if a kid watches this? Like if one of my kid watches this, like in five years, do they even know what a fucking checkbook is? Like, no, no your kids won't know checkbooks are. You two are young. Do you guys even use checks? I use checks. I, I write six checks a month. Like, do you guys use checks? I I write one check a month for rent, and I've done that for uh, yeah years now. Um, so but, I was gonna say uh, some. Sorry. Our, no, our place, the place I'm in now, actually. Oh, Tez died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So when I was in college, I wrote one check a month for rent. Uh, and beyond that, I have a couple check, like some checks, or I, I have, well, a couple check books around, but one checkbook that I really use, and it gets used very periodically. I don't pretty much everything because everything can be done electronically online and stuff anymore. Yeah, I, so, I don't remember the last card card. So I don't, I don't remember the last check I wrote and like I could find a checkbook right now, but I'd have to look in four different places. <laughs> I, I actually, I had to write a check the other day for like a down payment. And beyond that, like actually the most I use my checkbook is to like go look at a check or avoid a check and use it and use the account information off of it to plug into somewhere <laughs> to set up like a payment. Right. Right. Like it's not even using the check. So well, like now, like we have like Vimo and shit, but like, I just remember like two or three years ago, a friend that he's a very high, like level dude at a big ass company. And like, he didn't have a checkbook and like get in the, like pay like the $50 or $75 like fancy football dude was like pulling teeth, even though he just, he, makes a shit ton of money he just because he just didn't have the access to get me the money because it's like four years ago before like Venmo was huge or PayPal was huge and it was just it's just because he doesn't use checks everything's automatically like he sets up shit to pay and it's just gone like I use I use checks because it's easier for me to like keep track of my payments but I also understand people that don't I guess but it's just weird like you watch the movie and he writes a tons of checks tons of paper receipts right like she's counting Angela whatever her name is Drake has all these paper receipts, right, that are handwritten. But that shit, like, is just, we're, like, five years removed from people, like, not understanding that at all, if we're not already there. Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably, there are probably, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there are kids in high school that, like, don't ever do, like, have a checkbook. Because, like, yeah, they're not going they? to have a reason to. Right. Like the only, literally the one, some of some of the only reasons to like write checks are basically what Tez and I said are, are rent like they're old school places like whether it's like a private person that's renting or whatever that's about it for a lot of things anymore. So it's safe to say that like a wormhole is like soaked him up and killed killed him. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing his internet doesn't like him anymore, but he he got his <laughs> notes out so. Like. All right, so we already talk about reboots. We already talk about like like I feel like there's no like baseball player we would have. Like, Andrew, do you have like any like last things that you want to like talk about that we haven't talked about yet? I guess. I mean, not really. You know, it's uh, I I like the movie, uh, but like I said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's good, um, but it's fun, and I was glad to watch it again. This this was a good time. Yeah, like I like. Uh, that's kind of like where I'm at on it. Like I, I watched it again last night. I may or may not fall asleep for a chunk, <laughs> for like five minutes. 
it happens. Um, it's low stakes, but high stakes. But like, I feel like not enough happens in it. Like, I feel like I don't know what, I don't know what else could have happened in it. But I, in my mind, I, ha- I had like more, like I said, more hijinks. In it. like, it's just really like he has the iceberg thing, he has the gambling thing. They lose. He has the baseball, and then he's a he's a mayor candidate, and that's it. That's all that happens in this fucking movie, right? It's like those four four little spots, <laughs> and the stamp. I do remember the stamp. So. I love that they have a huge like newspaper montage when they definitely don't have newspapers anymore, which is sad. Yeah, that was a weird part. It was just like a random like, hey, here's a really in-depth three minutes on how newspapers are made. Right. You know, it's like, it's, like uh, why, why did it need to start with like blank, you know, like a roll of paper being brought in on a. You know, so like you got you found that you found lift. that odd. I've that's what? funny because like I've worked in a like I I worked a summer in like a, a whatever you want to call it a printing plant that didn't do newspaper but did like high V advertiser stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, I know how that shit works. That's exactly how that goes. Like weaves a web through the thing and it prints this and blah blah blah. And it was certainly cool, but it was just like random. It was like why why all of a sudden. Do do we flip to like a this is like a how how it's made episode on newspaper <laughs> like, and like and like they show all these newspaper montage but like he like flat out says he has two weeks to spend the money so like how many articles can they write in this two week stretch about you know like all I'm looking at it now it does say vote for Brewster this might have been when I fell asleep this part so I always thought like I always thought it just said like vote for nobody and it definitely says vote for Brewster. Sean says everything stop. Hey, he's back. So no lie, Sean. There's literally, I can see three different sign-ins from you now on Blog Talk. <laughs> back to back to back. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> so we were just. Uh, did anyone else have flashbacks to Breaking Bad when he uh, had the stacks of money, like in that room, or is that the just storage me? unit? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it, I did. So, Sean, do you have anything else in your notes? Now you're back. Uh, no, that was that was the only <laughs> the only two I had were those uh, the fourth wall and just yeah just a whole bank armed security staff walking out. Uh, I mean, would you walk out of your job if someone offered you three grand a week? Oh, one hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> All right. That's not even the main guy. The main guy got five grand a week. So, like, I imagine that's tax free, right? Like. Yeah, straight cash, homie. Unless he's like I mean, it's, checks. it's cash, but yeah, I mean, they're obviously keeping receipts. They can, in theory, ten ninety nine him the next year, uh, but you know, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, as anyone would know from our our current political thing, I'm pretty sure a billionaire does not get ten ninety nine. Apparently, so yeah, we're yeah, fine. No. Bruce is about paying seven hundred fifty dollars. They don't audit those folks, as it turns out. <laughs> Sorry, do you guys think that Brewster and Angela Drake make it? Are they gonna? They're gonna be together more than a year. Wow, Jake's Jake's like just pure romance. Just I don't know. It's there, dude. I guess I don't know. That's my. Answer. Well, she. I mean, I mean, he has three hundred million dollars, so I don't know why she would leave him. Well, That's she also like awesome. mul- like even even while she's like hating him, she basically falls in love with him and almost like 
gives into him even during that until he has to like spend money stupidly again multiple yeah. times, right? So once she knows yeah, she like gets, what that was about, then it's different. She gets frustrated, you know, about the irresponsibility and you know reckless spending and stuff like that. But yeah, after that, when you can just go, yeah, here's the deal. I did it so we could have 300 million and uh, you're also an accountant. So let's, uh, let's just not screw this up. Go get a house in the Hamptons. But you, Andrew, are they going to, are they going to make it kids? Yeah, that, grandkids? That, that sounds, that sounds about right. I, I never really thought about it before, but those guys made a pretty good case. Oh, because they're they're uh, they're young and they think everything is great. Um, yeah, but there's a level of just like what her out there, whatever. It's just uh, he's uh, that that whole relationship with his ex-wife and stuff was a little was a little sketchy. Um, it was weird, so, like so like weird, yeah, it's just he he maybe potentially possibly ends up back there being because it seemed like weirdly his passion was interior decorating. <laughs> um, well, he, doesn't, he can't be a lawyer anymore. He got fired. He... That's true. He did. There was investigation. Yeah. yeah. They probably probably had to disband the, uh, the whole firm and, <laughs> and uh, not great for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, I mean, if she's at that point, she's probably dumping his ass because now he's actually broke. He doesn't have a job, um, and just you got a chance to be with a three hundred million dollar inheritance, dude. That's, I mean, give it a try anyway. I definitely thought the news actor, uh, the news reporter, was an actual news reporter, but apparently he's an actor, so that's something. And now that I see yeah, he him, was, I he was good. I liked him. He's in a bunch of shit, and uh, I recognize him in a bunch of shit. Did he not seem like a, yeah, he, did he not feel like an, like an actual like New York City reporter? To anyone else? I was like, oh, that makes sense. He's just a, uh, but no. I mean, he's pretty good. It wouldn't have surprised me if he was, but he was in one of the Mortal Kombat movies. Did those count as a sports movie? No. <laughs> I mean, does. does Karate Kid count? Then yes. We're gonna do Karate Kid, but like I feel like Karate Kid's gonna be like really hard to do because like I've seen it. Has everyone here seen Karate Kid, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I have not seen Karate Kid a lot, but I have seen Karate Kid. All right. Should find our music here. Um, we should figure out next our football movies, but like I don't know if uh, Jake has the on football movies on the spreadsheet that we have done. Oh, yeah, we won't have to talk about that one. I have some, but... We still haven't done Remember the Titans. I think we probably have a full... Uh, but when I think we, do we probably it, have, like, a full list of the stuff that we'd want to consider. When we do Remember the Titans, I'm going to piss off everybody, so we probably should just, like, hold off. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You're on a fucking oh, running play when you got 80 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> I don't give a shit how good a fucking. I'm pretty sure offense. we've talked we've talked about on the multiple mo- talked about that on multiple podcasts already, but not this one. So yeah, you don't Just you don't somehow. run a fucking running play down down a touchdown, whatever score is when you got 80 yards to go. I don't give a shit how good your fucking offense is, Denzel. <laughs> don't do it. Unless you're the Titans, it worked, didn't it? With Travis Henry. Yeah. So. It's- 
what he's the fifth player of all time with uh, two 90-plus yard rushing touchdowns? If he hadn't gotten oh. a touchdown there to end that game, Sean, after he had that screen pass in which he died of exhaustion and cooking in the end zone, we would have we would have we kind of won the Fisher cuffs. So I'm glad he got me. But, I still lost the fantasy matchup, but yeah. Yeah, Anyways. he's he smoked me in fantasy. As, <laughs> but the price he paid, I guess. All right. I'll take it. And Andrew, you're always welcome back. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a, we're gonna do the Rocky movies this winter when there's nothing oh, nice. to have. Because apparently these guys have never seen them. They've seen the Creed movies, but never seen the Rocky what? movies. Oh, I've wow. seen. I, I haven't seen them all. I know I've seen one or two of them, and it's been right. a long time. So I can't be tell you which ones them. I've seen, but I know I. <laughs> I know I've seen Rocky. One. I have seen Rocky one. I've seen maybe two of the other ones, but I can't tell you which ones I saw. Rocky one <laughs> is least, incredibly slow, and I'm excited like to have you guys play my house. Rocky one is really slow. Like. I'm excited to have you guys complain about how slow it is. Like compared to like every other single one. It's and it's number two is slow too. So I, I apologize. Yeah, that, they changed quite a bit after the second. Because <laughs> so, the third one when he's all greased up and waxed yeah, up. Yeah, it gets start getting pretty greasy in the third one. Okay. Like and it's fourth one. <laughs> Fifth one's really bad. It'll be fine. This is fine. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. So, Andrew, hopefully you have a football game this weekend. And, uh, yeah, everyone else is going to – we're going to play the uh, second best journey song of all time. And we're going to call it night. I have more whiskey to drink. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, A.D. Thanks, A.D. Thanks, A.D.